They didn't show names. Show names. Show names. And uh, they say it ain't easy. Gang Green. Gang Green. The New York Jets. Have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Woo! We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep. Own this rep. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Easy Being Green podcast broadcast to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Mohegan Lake, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I am joined by quite a cast of characters. You know them, you love them. The number one jet fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. What's up, everybody? Guys, the greatest tight end to ever grace a football field is with us. His name's Nick Cronk. Wookie, welcome to the show. What's going on, everybody? And of course, we got the number one high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin, Sammy O'Hare. Sammy, what's going on, man? Jet Nation, what's going on? Jet Nation, we know if we're a few days away from week one here, game versus the Ravens, I know you're all hyped. We're about to talk about it, about to chop it up. Before we do that, we've not got a chance just to touch on real quick. We're not going to bore you guys to death. Just touch on it real quick, the 53-man roster. Um, a few surprises here and there, Mike, through the roster. I want to give you a little credit. Probably the only human being I saw that had Lauren Cajun make a team was Mike yeah. Harris. Let's give Mike some love, guys, okay? We give firm handshakes here on the show. We don't get flowers out. We give a firm-ass handshake, Mike. I'm going to give you one right there. And also, Michael, Denzel Mims. Not a lot of people had Denzel Mims making the squad. And your boy thought he'd make it. I kind of had the same reasoning that you end up hearing from the Jets, which is probably just posturing because they want to trade him, maybe get the value up a little bit. He made the team. Um, going up and down the roster here, Mike, I know there was maybe a surprise there at safety also. With Tony Adams and Pinnock, was that, did that one surprise you? Yeah, um, we heard it all week that uh, Adams was doing really well there, and Sala essentially just would have felt sick cutting him. Pinnock, honestly, we all—I was surprised that Ashton Davis uh, made the team, but he made the team because of his athleticism and then his character. And I think there may be some posturing by the Jets, not looking to let go of that 2020 class draft class yet. And, and for for the disgust, honestly, that it looks like it is, but um, they they went and held on to Ashton, and they released Pinnock. They kept Adams, and so that was one place that I was a little bit surprised there. Um, also, Zonovan Knight making the team. That was one of the guys I had uh, previously predicted that would make it, and then they cut him uh, for. Uh, the backup left tackle yeah, McDermott, and McDermott yeah. is just, you know, he's wallflower status. He's as scrub as scrub gets. And I mean, might as well just take one of us and put us at left tackle. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't even disagree with you that much. I did have McDermott make it the team, but from a standpoint of it, Mike, can you do me a favor? Maybe just turn down the music just slightly. The yes. Like just a bit there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the McDermott making the squad, that's probably Mike, just a byproduct of the fact that they only had one other tackle. That might just be the only reason, Mike. I mean, I don't even think McDermott's that great. The only reason I thought he might make it is just because of that. Because the depth. I know Feeney technically can maybe play tackle, but you don't really want Feeney out there playing tackle. But it's not Michael Garris' favorite, Dan Feeney there. And, Michael, another spot I think that was interesting, like you said. So they didn't keep uh, – they, they kept Knight originally. Then they cut him. 
Then they Ty Johnson's on the team. That's the third running back. Which I don't think I really didn't think he was going to be there either. When you go up and down the roster, there's not too many other surprises. Maybe Justin Hardy sticking around at corner was a surprise. Man, some tough cuts though. We know Tevin Coleman got let go. Adoga got let go. A lot of dudes we thought were going to. Tolan I thought would make the team. Adoga we thought would be history though, Mike. Um, my boy Javelin Gidry gets cut. That was a tough one. Isaiah Dunn got cut. I don't think there's too many other surprises on the roster here, Mike. It shook out fairly similar to what most people thought and what you and I thought. Sam, did you see anything else here that surprised you when it came to the 53 man? Honestly, you guys pretty much touched on everything. Um, I was surprised to see Ty Johnson the most, I think. Um, I think Knight showed you a little bit more. He's younger. I think he's got better hands. <laughs> and, and we've talked about that a million times with Ty Johnson. How many chances are you going to give this guy? True, true, uh, true. Not, not surprised they gave Mike White a chance and kept him on the roster either. Um, I, I, I think you could put him on the practice squad. Do whatever you want just to add some of those maybe guys that you cut that maybe stay unsigned a little bit into the season. Maybe you need some help or depth or you have a un, you know, unknowing uh, injury that occurs, right? So you can clear space that way too. Um but, yeah, I was just really surprised by Ty Johnson, if anything. Yeah. And we saw, you know, like I said, Dunn got cut. Jonathan Marshall, your boy, uh, Mike, he also he also went down with the cuts. Delshawn Phillips and Hamza Nazaldine both didn't make the cut here, guys. I thought at least uh, Nazaldine would make it, but I guess not. Wesco got cut. Kenny Obola got cut. So some names here. Michael Pirine got cut, Mike. So some names that we are familiar with here as Jet fans and here on the show no longer with the team doesn't mean they won't have a future with the jets or another team just right now they're not cut out for week one with the squad but we know who is cut out for week one guys and that's joe flacco that's your <laughs> boy joe flacco cousin sammy yeah, man. you heard today the news that zach wilson will not be playing uh week one michael i think you said you mentioned to me that he's not going to be playing until the pittsburgh game yeah so you um, a few weeks to kind of analyze what's going on with him right yeah, it bothers me just a little bit with the way the posturing that um, Robert Sala has. Maybe it was just gamesmanship, but it's kind of like you got to take a, everything with a grain of salt from him because the way he was making it sound was like Zach was going to be starting. The doctors even told us that, hey, you know, Zach, uh, hurt you. it looks like four weeks. That's essentially right around week one. And then he hits us with this bombshell that the guy's not going to be back until week four against Pittsburgh but I'm um, look I know there are a lot of Jet fans out there that are a little bit disappointed with this news I'm not I'm actually pretty happy with this news and I'm gonna the we know that the long-term success for our team is Zach Wilson and his health uh and how well he's gonna play at quarterback and you know, if you're telling me that this is the right amount of time to keep him healthy, to keep him fit mentally sharp and giving him time to like get back 110%, you know, I'm all about it. And I'm not about, you know, he's got to hit 4,000 yards this year. He's got to get X amount of wins. I just want when this season is over to feel really good about my quarterback. Like I'm a Mets fan after the, after Alonzo's rookie season, I was like, yo, we got a dude. Like, I was very excited because I knew we finally had one. I'm not, obviously, we're still kind of waiting to see what's going on with Zach. I, I know there's a lot of great attributes. There's some fans that are already throwing in the towel because of one or two series where he threw an interception and hurt his knee. And they call themselves expert Jet fans. And they're already like, yeah. I find that just ridiculous, okay? And I'm not even going to mention any names here. But 
yeah you know i'm sammy i or uh i'll just go i know you're a jet fan how are you feeling about zach missing a couple of weeks here um i i don't so there's two options right like either robert Sala was posturing which i love because then you're just like playing around with the baltimore ravens a little bit um and you're getting them to game plan and think about having to go against Zach Wilson and that kind of offense humming. And then in the middle of the week, he's like, oh, hey, psych, it's Joe Flacco. Um, the second option really in my head is like something happened that set back his recovery time. And that worries me a little bit um, because, you know, it seemed like from Jet Camp that Zach Wilson was going to play. So, um, listen, Joe Flacco played well. We talked about it. Nine TDs, three picks. He can obviously run the offense. I think the offense is much better. So it should work really seamlessly with Joe Flacco. He's been in the league, but I just don't like the idea of having four games with Joe Flacco as my starting quarterback. That's all. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily ideal or what you want, but we wanted was Zach to play every game as much as the coach wanted in the preseason, get the reps, look decent. So we're rolling into week one and we all feel good about it. Because all everybody's saying, whether you're an expert, whether you write for the New York Post, you're on ESPN, you're doing the AABG podcast, we all know that more than likely Jets aren't making the playoffs this year. But what we want to see is the team get better. More important than that, we want to see Zach Wilson get better. Okay, so that would be nice if it started week one instead of week four. Okay, guys. But what Rob Asala is saying to us is that, look, the best situation to put this kid in is to wait a few weeks and bring him back. That's fine with me too. Because this offensive line has not played a snap together in a regular season game. They barely played together in the preseason. All right, you guys? All right, guys? So let them get their shit together for a few games with Flacco. Then you put our boy in. It's not the worst thing in the world. If you look at it in that sense, I'd rather have him out there than not have him out there. Like Sammy said, Flacco's been decent enough here with the Jets. I think having a guy like him out there now, like we said, we're going to get into the break the Ravens down. I know last year, you actually passed the ball on this team a little bit. Can't really run the ball on them. So if we're getting into a situation where week one coming out the gate, Wilson didn't play any preseason. We saw he only played two series, right? Say, say hypothetically, they were going to start him week one right now, guys. He wouldn't have played any preseason, barely practiced, and then we're throwing him week one against the Ravens, where more than likely it's going to be on the quarterback shoulders because you can't run the ball on the team. Number one run defense in the league last year. Not the best position to put Zach in. So I kind of get it along those lines. But Robbins a lot more than likely is doing what he thinks is the best for the team to get a W. And I think he thinks through these first couple games to be having Joe Flacco in there for these games is better than putting Zach in. I don't know. I'm not in his head. I do know one thing. The explanation, like Mike said, was kind of weird because his explanation was leaning towards, and Sammy mentioned this too, he said, you know, everybody's recovery time is different. When people were surprised that they were mentioning he might play week one. Obviously, we know now this is posturing. This is what I said to Sammy and everyone who asked me during the week. I'm like, Zach Wilson's not starting week one. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But Salah basically said, yeah, everyone's recovery is different. And instead of it, instead of him meaning he's going to recover fast, it seems like it means he's going to take a long time to recover. It's the opposite, um, which I think is another curveball got thrown at us. Like Mike said, this is kind of the long end of the injury. I think it's about to be three weeks ago now when it happened or something like that, right, guys? And so by the time he comes back, it'll be about five or six weeks. But you know what? Get him as healthy as you can. This Ravens team is going to be a handful no matter what. Mike, should we just get into it right now? Ravens, Jets. We know where the quarterback is. Let's rip through it right now. All right. Yeah, let's let's let get to us. it because it's going to be Sammy's first official yeah. game sitting in the season. And, and that, I know dude, you're hyped. that defense scares me, man. I, they added some really talented guys in the offseason, especially at the defensive back position. So we know their run is really good, but their secondary, they added dudes that I think are going to make them. It's going to be really difficult for, I think, us to get going. So it's really important that we do that really quickly since this is the first game of the season. 
Yeah, and they had trouble last year. If you look it up, guys, and this really was surprising to me. I knew the Ravens' defense wasn't, you know, where it finished last year. wasn't where we're used to seeing them finish. They finished about 25th in the NFL. The main reason was they were last in the NFL against the pass last season. Surprising. You wouldn't think that when you think about the Ravens. Number one against the rush, though. Yeah. You don't see that very often. Now, I know a lot of those, a lot of times, Mike, those stats will lead into one another. If a team knows they can't run you, they're just going to throw the ball on you, obviously, right? And we know how that works. But they did shore up a lot of spots here in the secondary in the offseason. And when you go through their defense, man, they got Pierce, um, Campbell, Humphrey, Peters. They, they signed Marcus Williams, as we know, who we, we all love. And we're hoping the Jets grab. So, I mean, that secondary is looking. And they drafted right Kyle now. Hamilton, too. And they have Hamilton, too. So think about the one two punch they have there. I saved I mean, this defense is going to be back to what we're used to seeing, I think, this year. And, you know, week one, everybody's healthy. It's not like week 10, maybe a few guys, right? You're getting the whole the whole ball of wax here week one, guys. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game. I want to talk to Mike first. Let's see what he thinks. Joe Flacco coming in here versus Ravens defense. I know you didn't get to expound on it, really. Would When, when you're looking at it from a strictly week one, who gives us the best chance to win the game week one? thought process do you think that played into Robert Sala's decision to go with Flacco over Wilson as well Mike or you think it's strictly just health wise I think it was health um I believe this team believes in Zach and I believe this team believes Zach gives them the best chance to win I think that from a preparation perspective I think from a practice perspective that Joe Flacco had been playing with the ones the longest so far um and if Zach were to come in here, it really wouldn't be conducive and synergistic with the offense as they've been working together for the past month preparing for this game. So um, I think that because the doctors could not really give Zach that full okay, um, and the fact that Zach hasn't played, uh, that Flacco was the re- the main uh option here for the team just because Zach just hasn't been on the field but I do believe that the team does feel that Zach will give them the best chance to win when healthy so I'm good with you look Flacco is a big boy he knows how to play this game the guy has been a uh, won a Super Bowl already this is his older team Um, he's familiar with the schemes that this defense runs he has been working with this first team offense um, he has the um, backing of the off the coaching and of the organization. And this isn't someone that I think is going to ever be deer in headlights. He's Joe Cool. He's going to go in there, do what he's got to do. If he throws a couple of ints, okay, you know, and he's going to try to go get it done. And I'm okay with it. And I hope the Jets take a W. And I think that um, we can definitely make this game interesting. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how this works out. Six and a half point underdogs, the New York Jets at home. It basically means you're about a nine point underdog. Joe Flacco starting the game. Now we're getting to this Ravens defense. Let's touch on their offense real quick because um, we talked about it before the show from a fantasy football standpoint. And look, I also mentioned from a real standpoint when it comes to quarterback rating and just your, your efficiency on the field, how the past three seasons, Lamar Jackson was a 113 in 2019. His QB rating was a 99, 2020, still solid, but dropped a bunch. And then last year, before he got hurt, he was only operating at an 87 QB rating. People can read maybe too much into those ratings sometimes. Sometimes they're a little overblown. But look, when you've seen from him the past three years statistically, and then even when it comes to his rating and efficiency, 
is a bit of a decline all three of those years. And he's a guy that runs the ball a lot. Do you think that the Jets' best chance or only chance here to take a W here, Wilk, is just to turn him in somehow into a pocket quarterback? Yeah, I think obviously you want to try to do your best. He can't – You. You never want him to get the edge, but he's also so dynamic when he runs that he can make you miss and go up the middle as well. So I think you want to turn him into a pocket passer as much as possible and and really have the, you know, the linebackers in the secondary should have a pretty good job in staying in coverage with the receivers if the the front seven, you know, the front guys the line can actually try to keep him in that pocket, make him try to throw the ball as much as possible and not on the run because we know he's really good at doing that as well. You want to try to contain him back there and have him make him go through as many reads as he has to. That's what I think. You have, as far as the much success trying to go against and stopping him, that's probably the best route to go. Yeah, no, I agree. And don't forget, they lost. I mean, they had Sammy Watkins last year. They had Marquise Brown there last year. Um, Marquise Brown's good. Not like Sammy Watkins is tremendous. But that was the two number, number two top targets there at wide receiver. And now they're coming at you with Bateman, who is projected as their number one. Duvernay made the Pro Bowl, the All-Pro team last year as a returner. He's electrically has the ball in his hands from that standpoint. Now you're going to see if he can turn it over into wide receiver standpoint. He's wide receiver two. We know Andrews is great. Dobbins was decent. Last year they were still um, ranked in the top five there. Actually ranked fifth or sixth, I think, in the rush. In the past they dropped a little bit, but their offense still – was one of the top 10 offenses in the league. They're probably better offensively, even with uh, even with Jackson operating, say, at 75% of the 2019 level. That 2019 level is unsustainable. You're going to throw 36 touchdowns and run for 10, run for 1,000 yards, throw for over 4,000 or whatever he did, some crazy stats. You can't do that. Or I should say most quarterbacks aren't able to sustain that. Maybe, maybe you can get back to that this year. What you've seen is a little bit of a decline from him every year so far in a row. I don't know if it's a byproduct of the rushing attempts or what that might be. Mike, what's your opinion here coming into this game when it comes to Lamar Jackson? Fantasy football aside, just from him on the field, a little bit of a regression the last three years in a row. Doesn't matter now, totally healthy, kind of a new offense. You think it's better we get at this team and this offense week one before they get settled and figure it all out than maybe like week nine or 10 or 11? Yeah, no, I do. Uh, before before I answer that question, you see uh, the predictions up here, the game picks. Only one person picked us to take a W, and Daniel that's Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah. Look at that. And all Everybody else with the L's, the hard L's. And it was funny. I also was seeing on um, ESPN, I think it was either ESPN or NFL, They and we're about to get to, into this in a second, um, the predictions for the NFL. They Almost all the analysts have the Bills winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I love it. I saw that. I, I, I love it. I Unbelievable. Love it. Unbelievable. Yeah. But um, regarding what you were just talking about with um, Lamar Jackson. So Lamar, to me, uh, is a human being who um, thrives on his legs, his ability, his his, uh, his his ability to win, you know, running out on the outside and then being able to pass down the middle. He's very, very accurate um, down the middle. But if you remember that game against the Miami Dolphins, they went cover zero blitz, I believe it was, pretty much all game, and he did nothing. And I so I think that if Robert Sala and the New York Jet defense understand really his weaknesses they can box him in um we've seen coaches be able to coach around some of his abilities so um am i afraid of lamar jackson absolutely like on the ground this guy is an absolute monster but i think it's going to take an effort for not just from our defense but it's going to take an effort from a coaching perspective on keeping him contained there's really nobody uh, offensively outside of um 
Bateman that really and Andrews that really scares me. The running backs, I don't even know if DK um, uh, is going to be back, or I mean, excuse me, J.K. Dobbins is going to be back in the in, uh, running for them. So I think it's going to be all about Lamar Jackson. And if you let it the game get away, he'll destroy you. But um, you do what the Dolphins did and others late in the season. I think he can be had. Yeah, I mean, they tried to give you the blueprint there. I mean, Dobbins still up in the air. They said that it's still a chance. It's questionable for week one, so we'll see what happens with him. Either way, we know the best runner for that team is the quarterback, like Mike said. So um, when it comes to our team, I mean, Quan Alexander, we're going to be looking for him to have a big game. He'll be one of the keys to the game if, if Lamar Jackson does try to get to the outside. The, the, the corners, Sauce and DJ Reed are going to have to be on their toes as well, Mike. The safety is going to have to be on their toes, as we know. It seems like we might have the personnel to do a good job, do a decent job against him, especially considering, like Mike said, at least as of this point right now, Bateman hasn't proven that he's some elite receiver. Duvernay's made a Pro Bowl, but he made it as a returner. Now he's going to get a chance here to be the number two, and his upside could be tremendous, but just haven't seen it yet. Right. Um, and then Andrews, as we know, Andrews is tremendous. So like Mike said, I think if you look at the squad, they have a lot of guys with some potential, but they haven't shown it yet besides Andrews. And, and Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, on paper, that makes you feel good. You know, their offensive line, though, is pretty solid, especially the right side of the offensive line is pretty good. They should be able to run the ball no matter what. They've always been able to do that year in and year out. When it comes to our squad, Mike, some of the keys to the game, I was thinking about with our team, related how we could possibly beat the Ravens. I know a lot of people think we're going to lose this game. Six and a half point underdogs playing in week one. They're coming in fully ready to roll here. Um, obviously, we've said it the whole preseason. It's just how is this offensive line going to look? Yeah. Because if it is just Joe Flacco dropping back and he has no time, it doesn't matter. Make a difference to the quarterback. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. If they don't have time, it's going to be a long night. But if they also can't give us any running room, which we've seen a lot of these preseason games, man, Hall get the ball, Carter get the ball, not a lot of space, Mike. I know you've probably seen the same thing, Sammy. I haven't seen the running backs get a lot of clear open lanes. Or it could just be play calling, whatever the case may be. I just haven't seen the run game work that good in the preseason. If we're going to have a good game here versus the Ravens, they're going to have to run the ball a little bit, even though they are a tremendous run uh, run stuffing team. I think that offensive line, man, that's going to be that's going to be huge. Especially the, uh, like I said, also too, the linebackers making plays. That's going to be huge when it comes to this game. Um, I think that there is ways the Jets could win. I mean, dude, I don't think the Jets are necessarily getting enough respect from around the league. You know, like Mike, you showed me some power rankings today, which are very disrespectful. I think we've done a decent job um, helping our off, uh, defense out and improving. Same thing on the offensive side of the ball. I really wish we weren't playing the Ravens week one. But there's a lot of keys to this game where I, I really think they could get a chance. If Flacco can throw for over 250 and not turn the ball over at all, that means they're probably using up some clock. I mean, they're going to be able to hang in it. And if they can hang around to the fourth quarter, we got Greg the leg now. We got an actual kicker here, guys. I mean, put the ball to the uprights. They have a tremendous kicker, too. I don't know. I'm not going to give my prediction just yet. I want to hear what Sammy has to say. But I don't think this is going to be a game where the Raymond just come in and just run us out of the building. Last year, a lot of games, we got demoralized when we played teams like this. I think we're in a much better spot this year. I think the Ravens are not as good as they were last year. So I do think we have a shot. Sammy, what do you think about this week, week one, Ravens-Jets? So the first thing I wanted to highlight is a group we didn't talk about yet, which is the defensive line. Um, I think the ends have to have like a week um, because your ends are contained edge players and Lamar Jackson likes to get out in space. So the reason you got, went out and you got Carl Lawson, right, is because he's going to be that guy for you. He's going to force Lamar Jackson back inside where you have a bunch of help. So I think if your ends play really well, you can kind of funnel Lamar Jackson back into the heart of your defense and, and force him to throw that way. Um, so I think out of all the people on the whole defense, the defensive ends have the most important and crucial job this week. 
So that's why you got Lawson. That's why you got Jermaine Johnson. That's why you're probably throwing Clemens out there a little bit too, because you just want to disrupt Lamar Jackson's ability to get out in open space. And then on the offensive side, I think for sure it's going to come down to the offensive line, right? Like, can you do two things? Like, can you open lanes for your guys to get four yards? Even if you're only getting four yards a chunk, it's still four yards a chunk and you're set with a second and medium and there's a ton that opens the playbook a ton. So can you create lanes where we can get Brees Hall and Michael Carter going early and often? And then the second thing is, can you run play action? Because Joe Flacco, the only thing he's ever really been good at is play action. So you have deep threats, you've got speed. Can you utilize the run game to do play action, take the pressure off Flacco and kind of alleviate and get something rolling really early in that run game? And I think your ends play well, you get the run game going. And I think this game, again, don't sleep on the Jets. People keep doing this, but you got this line and you got a guy like Sauce Gardner for this exact reason, because you have a team that doesn't really have a number one guy. So whoever is their number one guy isn't going to get the ball because you go out and you get a guy like Sauce. So that allows those guys in, on the inside to play much more free football. Uh, so I think, you know, I think it's going to be a really close game, much closer than people think. Yeah, I interesting points, Danny, especially when it comes to setting the edge. You might see, I know Jermaine Johnson didn't play a lot in the preseason, but one thing he was really good at in college was setting the edge. It's one of the things he excelled at. So you might see him play maybe more snaps. Do you think Clemens also, he did a great job in the preseason doing that when he was on the field. And I think our young guys, even though it's week one, I don't know how much time Flacco's going to have in the pocket to just sit back there and operate, right, guys? So the young guys, and he, even, even Berrios, they're going to have to take these two or three yard slants and make plays. They're going to have to make something happen. I don't know if Flacco is just going to be picking them apart with a 15 yard strike down the field. He might, guys. But I think these young guys also, man, they're going to have to make plays. And getting into the play action, if the Ravens are focused on the young guys, because at least on paper, we do have some wide receiver depth here. You have to keep an eye on Corey Davis. He's pretty good. We have the two young guys, of course. Then the tight ends are going to be wide open. We don't know if it's going to be a Zomer, a Conklin, or Rucker, but any combination, we don't really care which guy it is if you're a Jeff fan. Just I think a tight end position itself is a, a position here that might be able to have a good day also, considering the Ravens, the way they run their defense. Mike, were you going to say something? No, 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 no. I just wanted to know, uh, before you and I give our predictions, uh, I would love to hear what Sammy's actual prediction is for this game coming up. I, I think I think we lose by a field goal, wow. and I'm going to say it's like 24-21 Ravens. And I think it's like a fourth quarter, and I don't think it's super late. I think it's like a fourth quarter, and we just can't get the ball downfield. They like lock it down. Interesting, yeah. Nick. Nick what's your What's your prediction, Nick? I'll go. Uh, I'll go seventeen, seventeen, ten Ravens in this right. one. I like the Jets' defense to be stout. I think they'll do a pretty good job with Lamar. Um, obviously, you're not going to stop them, but I think they they have the ability to contain them if they if they go about it the right way. And you just want to see, like like Keith was saying, Flacco's. You would love to see him sling it down the field, fifteen yards, twenty yards. But you want him to be able to. And going back to what Sammy said, get into that rhythm with the um, play action passes. And to be honest, I mean, he's got he's a veteran. He's got time on his side. So if anybody can handle this situation and not melt down, I feel like Joe Flacco is one of those those types of people. So I think. Um, I think the Jets are going to put on a better performance than most people would, would give them credit for, and I think they keep it close. Yeah, I think you're right, Look, I think um, the Jets might not win the game, but I don't think – I hope this does not come back to bite. I mean, we play this entire clip next week. 
But I just don't think Joe Flacco is going to be the reason we lose. I think he'll be decent enough. We know he's not a great quarterback, guys. But if your team can play pretty good defense and you can run the ball, you don't need a great quarterback to win. We know that as well. So um, we'll see what happens this weekend. Michael, my prediction is a close battle, just like Sammy said. I can see it being 20 to 10 Ravens in the fourth quarter. We score a touchdown in 2017. We get close, but not enough. I think the Ravens are going to edge us out just by a little bit this week, Mike. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest with everybody. And again, if you guys are AEBG fans, you know I've gone out on limb before. I've I've said I love the team. You know, I think we're going to get destroyed. I think we're going to get destroyed because I think that Mark Andrews is going to eat our linebacking core alive. I don't think we have the defense to deal with him or the middle of the field. I think that Lamar and Harbaugh know exactly what they're going to do on the to attack this defense. I think uh, Flacco will probably put up maybe 15, 17 points, something like that, and the, and the Ravens will roll 32. Once they go up about two, three touchdowns, they'll just hand, run the ball, and I don't think we're stopping Andrews. I think he's going to have multiple touchdowns, and we're going to lose. That's no, how, how I see it. I could be wrong. I hope I hope that I am the worst ever and I'm so stupid, but that's I, I feel that and that's what I think. Yeah, it's funny because I didn't I don't um necessarily have a scenario where I think anything could happen. I don't have a scenario where I think we're gonna win the game, but what I wrote down here was 2017, because this is my gut. Week one, sometimes teams don't come out of the gate on all cylinders. And I'm hoping that happens to the Ravens here. Mike. I hope so. I um, hope so. And what I wrote down though was my 2017 or possibly 35 to 10. I wrote it down here, right on top there. Swear to God. So yeah, that's crazy. He said that. I see 30. I see it, man. I see like 30 something to like 15 or something like that. Listen, guys, it's entirely possible that, that Joe Flacco comes out and is just like the worst quarterback of all time. Yo, like, that's crazy. Keith has the same number. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah. We're we're yo. We watched this so many times. Like I just I see it, man. Oh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I come on. You know what? That's week one, and uh, we'll be here to chop it up with you guys next week and every single week the rest of the whole season. We'll be taking no weeks off, guys. Um, I hope the the Jets do come away with a W. We'll be we will be humming coming out of that place if they get a W on Sunday. Start the week off strong, guys. I cannot wait for the game this weekend. Whatever whatever comes comes. However it works out, it works out, guys. We've just been talking about the Jets for so long, talking about the drafts, talking about free agency, talking about Zach Wilson and Mills. We've had a lot go on between the last game last year with Antonio Brown running off the field like a maniac and this game this week versus the Ravens. A lot has gone on in between. It's nice to get a game here to talk about again. Nice to get football going. I know everybody, Jets fans or whatever team you're a fan of, guys, you just love football. You love football season to be back. Fantasy leagues are going, knockout leagues are going, people are betting, okay? Um, I'm, I'm all types of psych. But let's get into some big picture stuff and then we'll sign out, guys. Me and Mike are gonna talk about real quick, guys, how we think this year is gonna shake out. We're gonna ask Sammy, we're gonna ask the Wookiee as well. When it comes to the NFL season this year, a lot of people, a lot of people picking those bills to win the Super Bowl, Michael. Okay, let's get into what your picks were here when it comes to the, uh, the AFC and NFC. Why don't you go ahead with the AFC first, Mike? Show everybody what you got going on this year. There you go. There's Michael's picks. Mike, why don't you Yeah. Play? So I think I got the Colts taking the AFC South. I think Matt Ryan is really going to have uh, br- bring them to the next level. Um, Pittman, obviously, I think is ready to take a leap. 
um, to get number one receiver status. They got the best running back in the NFL. Um, they've got a pretty good defense. I think the Colts will go ahead and take the South. Bengals will roll through the North. Um, the Bills obviously winning the AFC East, even though I, I cannot stand the people from the, the Hill people up there. But And then I think the Chiefs, everybody's not down on the Chiefs, but I think the Chiefs are going to do what the Chiefs do. I, I don't think they're going to have Tyreek Hill, but they're going to have a lot of different wet players like Juju Smith-Schuster, like MBS. Um, I think they're still going to be able to execute, and Patrick Mahomes will still be in the running for MVP. Uh, Chargers, they added... Um, Khalil Mack. They added J.C. Jackson. They added uh, offensive line help. I think all of that value is going to elevate the Chargers into the playoffs. The Ravens we were just talking about. I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be motivated because of last season. And if he doesn't get a uh, contract extension, you know, he'll be playing to really become the richest quarterback in the NFL. So I think he'll be ready to roll. And then the Denver Broncos, I think they're too strong um with having russell wilson and and Cortland sutton and that team so that's the that's my predictions for the afc uh i'll hand it over to keith to look at the afc and his picks yeah those are all good mike i mean we're pretty much on the same page here with most of our picks i think that the chargers or the chiefs could come away with that division i think the raiders would be good too i think the raiders are going to win the division though but i do think that afc west is going to get three teams in the playoffs i don't think the broncos are going to make it though the raiders seem a little bit more loaded to me on paper on um, the colts like you said afc south mike i have them winning that division pretty easily the afc north um i don't know i think the Bengals are going to take a bit of a dip this year i think last year they kind of overachieved if you ask me but i still see them winning that division unfortunately the hill people uh you know and those scum of the earth from from buffalo the northeastern white trash capital of uh, america um north, one of the only places where the bearded women are just called women because they all have beards and they all rock in that five o'clock shadow um they're gonna probably take a w there the chiefs titans and raiders though are my wild card teams mike i think the titans are getting a little bit slept on derrick henry got hurt last year um that team is still pretty solid they replaced the uh, aj brown with Traylon burks offensive line's decent the defense is decent i like them a lot i think the ravens are gonna you know they might whoop the jets I think that team is going to take a step back this year. I don't like necessarily what I see in totality of their offense. They're going to have to be run by their defense, but I got to see it from the Ravens. I didn't think they were that good last year. That's kind of my AFC predictions there. Michael, you want to get into what your NFC predictions are? And then once we finish chopping it up, we'll talk to Sammy. We'll talk to the board. Okay. Yeah. NFC, I got Philadelphia Eagles. Um, love their pick there in the defensive line. Um, I think AJ Brown getting picked up is just tremendous. I think Hurst is going to be a secret MVP candidate this season. I really like the Eagles. Rams, obviously Super Bowl repeating. They'll be back. NFC West champs. Uh, Saints, I think a lot of people sleep on Jameis Winston. Keith knows I've always been a believer. Keith always told me, hey, through so many interceptions. I know, but he throws also a ton of touchdowns and a lot of yards. And if he can just bring those down after his LASIK, uh, last year you saw that his uh, interception ratio did go down and then he got hurt. So I really think that that offense and that team is going to be poised. And uh, I, I like them a lot. The Vikings here, a surprising pick for probably some, but I think the coaching change is really going to do Kirk Cousins a whole lot in that. I love that offense. I think Jefferson is probably the best receiver in the National Football League. Um, I think Dalvin Cook and that entire team offensively and also defensively is underslept uh, or people look, look over them. And then I got the Packers. Uh, 
Obviously, there's no Devontae Adams, but at Rodgers is still Rodgers. I think he'll be able to get them in there. I'm going to give the Buccaneers the nod, even though I don't like their offensive line and I don't like any of their offensive players this season at all. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the, the playoffs at all either. Giselle Bunchkin almost uh, uh, didn't make the playoffs with Tom Brady with <laughs> their marriage keeping going. She's, she's pissed. He chose football over her, but I'll digress. I'll go. And then I got the Panthers as my, my surprise pick. Uh, to make the playoffs, I think that um, Mayfield's exactly what they need. And that young defense, along with Baker, are going to roll right into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, your your NFC picks are wild. Before yeah. we even, your NFC picks are wild to me now. Couple things. I won't even get into mine yet. The fact that you have the Saints above the Buccaneers. And you just you just dis, you you just went on a Jameis Winston rant and then dismissed the Buccaneers, whose quarterback is Tom fucking Brady. Forty five. He was just forty four last year, right? I know. Some the guy, there's, but there's a time we're humans. We're gonna die. We're gonna die. You can't tell me that every season he's just gonna keep going. It, it, just stop it. You, he's gonna die. Yeah, he'll die one day, but it's not gonna be this year. <laughs> And he, he's willing to blow his whole marriage up to come back. So obviously the guy has something to prove. He was 44 <laughs> last year, led the league in passing yards, led the league in touchdowns. So it's, I don't want to say naive, but the fact that you said everyone on that offense is going to struggle, that's that's just like, that just sounds like a dumb statement. The offensive line is destroyed, Keith. I understand that, but their offensive line wasn't great last year either. No, they lost major players. I, their offensive line is going to struggle. Leonard Fournette is going to struggle. You had two sentences back to back where Jameis Winston apparently is legendary and Tom Brady's gonna suck. Okay. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. But I mean, we just, I have them both. I don't even know. Did I, could you pop mine back? I'm like, do I have the Saints making the playoffs? No, I, I don't even think they're gonna make the playoffs, the Saints. I, I, and I, I'm a big Jameis Winston fan. And after I saw him on Hard Knocks, the greatest kind of Hard Knocks of all time, Jameis Winston. But he does throw a lot of touchdowns, but he averaged the most turnovers of any player that's ever played professional football. You can't just eliminate that information from the factoids when you talk about him. But he did look good last year. Mike likes to talk about the LASIK. He was throwing for about a buck twenty a game in yards. That's true. But that's true. when he got in the red zone, he just threw touchdowns. I can't hate that. that was, that's all he did last year. And he did limit his mistakes. So to Mike's point, Jameis could be much improved. That could be a surprise team this year. I do think the Eagles um, will be good in the NFCs. I don't know if I'm, I'm as big a fan as you, Mike, of Jalen Hurts. He's not very accurate quarterback. QB rating's not tremendous. He's going to need to improve this year and take a big step for him to be an elite quarterback. Even in Philly, there's some debate about him still, which is which is surprising. I think the NFC West, though, the Rams obviously are the favorites, but I think the Niners, man, that team, the Trey Lance is, wow. if Trey Lance struggles, they still have Jimmy G, that team. And they have one of the best defenses, and that run game is kind of what propels that team every year. It doesn't even matter who's back there. I think San Fran's going to be a surprise team. I think the Buccaneers win the NFC South. I think the Packers win the NFC North. Either them or the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to be a wildcard team, though. Rams and Cardinals from the NFC West finish out that uh, the wildcard teams for me. Sammy, let, let's get into some of your thoughts here before we get into your picks. Me and Mike, do you agree, disagree what we have going on here with the AFC and the NFC? I mean, I'm, pr- I'm, pretty, I'm pretty with you on most of them. I think the only difference, I, I, I don't have the Chiefs making the playoffs in the AFC. I don't think. Oh, wow. I think they take a step back. I don't I don't think that defense is good enough. I just don't. I don't think they're good enough. I don't think they've ever been good enough. I think they've been kind of like overshadowed by how good the offense is. Um, but I got Broncos, Raiders, Ravens as the wild card, and I have the Chargers win in the West because I think the additions they made on the um, defensive side of the ball is just going to be too much. And we'll get into picks like playoffs and stuff like that later. 
Um, I have the Cowboys winning the East. I just think Dak's going to stay healthy, and I think C.D. Lamb goes off now that Amari Cooper's not there. I think he has a big year. Uh, but, yeah, the, Mike, you're crazy. I got the Bucks winning the South. I don't think you're going to ever I would love to say, like, no, but it's Tom Brady. Like, he's going to win games. Uh, and then I have Cardinals, San Fran, and the Bikes um, as my wild card with the Rams winning the West. Um, yeah, I think the Chargers are a lot. A lot of people loving the Chargers this year. Um, when it comes to the AFC West, I know Mike's a big fan of them. And the way Herbert played last year uh, just seems like he's the real deal. Like, it seems like from jump, and I know he's, Wookie drafted him in our SEFL league. Wookie's a huge fan. From the jump with Justin Herbert, he's seen pretty poised immediately. And you might be right. And Mike might be right also when it comes to that team. I mean, they have a much better defense than the Chiefs do. It's just, it just seems like for whatever reason, Patrick Mahomes just wins games. I mean, I don't know what it is with that squad, but when it comes to the NFC picks, what do you got going on, Sam? Yeah, so NFC, um, I've, I got the Cowboys winning the East. I think um, they're too good. I, I got Packers, Bucks, Rams uh, winning their respective divisions, oh, okay. and Cardinals, San Fran, and Vikes as the wild card. Um, I think, I don't know, I I think Kyler Murray takes a pretty large step forward this year with the Cardinals. I have them going pretty far. Um, I think the defense is really good, and I – I think there's some some left in the tank for James Conner. What do you think about uh, – let's skip right to it, man, when it comes to your Super Bowl teams. We won't go through the whole playoff run here. Who you got in the Super Bowl this year? Um, I have the Chargers versus the Cardinals. What? Yeah. That's wild. Chargers. Oh, wild. And who do you got – and you, you have – you think the Chargers are going to win it this year? Yeah, I really do. Um, they That that team I just think is so good, and they're – really set up well they've got a ton of young talent on the offensive side of the ball justin herbert's already proved that he can operate at an elite level um they've got a ton of wide receiver talent and the additions on the defensive side of the ball with bosa and now khalil mack is going to cause such a disruption for a lot of those teams and i think overall um the nfc this year i think the winner is going to come out of the afc and and because I, I just think the nfc is kind of weak this yeah. year yeah, I didn't mean to skip over you, Wookie. You got some picks for us here when it comes to your big picture uh, NFL 2002 prognostications. Well, no, I mean, I pretty much uh, I am lock and step with you both AFC and NFC. But uh, the only thing I would uh, change would be with Sammy. I think Dallas is going to win um, that division over the Eagles. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with with you said for both divisions besides that switch. And as far as Super Bowl predictions. I'm going to go Dallas and the Chargers. Uh, and, I, and I think as oh, much wow. as I hate that as a, as a Giant fan, I finally think this is the year that they put it together. Uh, and Dak and, and, and the receivers stay healthy. Zeke stays healthier than he's been. Puts up a little bit more uh, of uh, what we've seen from him in the past. Yeah. Pollard's a great compliment out of the backfield as well. The offensive line. Um, I just have a bad feeling it's going to be them and the Chargers. And I just hope the Chargers beat them. So I'll be I'll, I'll be rooting for the Chargers in that one. Man, that's Interesting. three of you guys. Michael, Interesting. Why don't you go ahead and show the world what your Super Bowl pick is, Mr. So Lee. guys, it's so funny. It's uh, uh... wow. Oh, that's what I got. Mike, Mike is feeling the Eagles, and he's on board with you guys with the Chargers. I got you with the Chargers. I think I, I the only part around the Chargers that I hesitate is the coaching. Other than that, it's. I mean, they're. I think they're ready to roll, man. I think, I think that Herbert's going to win the MVP. I think that Mike Williams is going to explode. 
um, I think that that entire team is just ready. And uh, from the Eagles perspective, I think they also uh, Hurst. I think they got everything that they needed. I really like their coach um, and his moxie. We'll see what he does out there um, coaching the team. But I love I feel like the Eagles are going to uh, make it back and and they're going to face the Chargers off in, uh, I think, what is it, Super Bowl 57? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, yeah. That's pretty tough, man. Now, I I like all your predictions. I know you guys probably did a lot of research, but I'm going to tell you why you're all wrong right now. And one of the reasons is Aaron Rodgers. Now, this guy has been too good for too long. He just I just can't see a reality play out where he just goes through his whole career and only makes the one Super Bowl, right, guys? Or I should say wins the one Super Bowl, right, guys? I mean, it seems like this team's defense after the Buffalo Bills is probably the best defense in the league. I know there's some questions here when it comes to the top-end wide receiver talent. They drafted Watson, Romeo Dobbs in, in preseason. One of the rookies is playing really well. They have Lazar there. They have a few other weapons there. But it's never affected Aaron Rodgers or his numbers or the win-loss record of the Packers, whether or not they have top-tier, top-level talent that you know of there at wide receiver or not. It's Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to elevate those wide receivers no matter what. I think the run game this year that they have included is why one of the reasons I really like the Packers is because they showed you last year, Aaron Jones can be used as a receiver or a running back, which he was in his career, but a lot more last year, probably a lot more this year. A.J. Dillon, they split carries with him. Seems like he's a tremendous running back as well, good running back for the future. I just think the NFC is wide open. I could see, I could see any of the teams, Cowboys could win it, Eagles could win it, Green Bay, Buccaneers. I don't think necessarily any of those teams would surprise any of us. I just think no one's speaking about the Packers. I mean, last year, they want to run where everyone's like, oh, they're definitely making the Super Bowl. Not that much has changed besides obviously they lost Devontae Adams. It's a big loss, guys. But look at some of the other pieces they added. That team is pretty complete. And then unfortunately, fortunately, guys, I think the Hill people, the Hill people are going to get there. Now, I think they're going to get there. There's going to be a lot of hype. There's going to be a lot of people patting themselves on the back for picking the Bills. I will be one of them. But there'll be a lot of people doing that. And then they will lose their fifth Super Bowl <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Okay. And I was talking about it today to some of the homies. And me and Mike, Mike, you weren't on this discussion. But do you want, do I want the Bills to just kind of whimper out in the first round of the playoffs? For my own psyche, I should say the second round, they probably have a bye. Um, but for my psyche, that'd be better for my health. For them to get to the Super Bowl means they have a chance to win it, which could be traumatizing because we hate them. But if they get there and lose it, oh my goodness! If they get there and lose it, guys, oh my goodness! For the fifth time, five L's now, in the Super Bowl. Oh my word! I don't have many teams that I enjoy losing. I'm a New York Mets fan. I don't live in this vicarious world where the Yankees lose and I feel happiness. I don't care about the Yankees. The Patriots were the only team that affected me in my life. Where when I when they weren't playing the Jets, I just wanted them to lose every game they played. And now it's the Buffalo Bills. Now it is the Hill people. Okay. Now it is the white trash capital of the Northeast that has taken over my psyche when it comes to football hatred. And I would love for them to get there, Mike. Maybe this is clouding my judgment. Because I'm, I'm hoping the Chargers put it on them in the playoffs or any of the other AFC teams. But I think that team is well-rounded. Their offensive line, a lot of questions, Mike. We spoke about this. Yep, yep, we did, line. we did. You, you, you mentioned this after the draft, all summer long, and you mentioned it a few weeks ago too. So Mike's been on top of this. Their offensive line is not great. And our, our offensive line on paper, even with – out Beckton and we put Brown in. It's still better than theirs. Doesn't mean the quarterbacks is good. We don't have that guy. But I don't know what the Bills. I mean, there's some holes there, but I just see they keep knocking on the door. They keep getting further. 
They added Von Miller. I could see them getting to the Super Bowl and losing a heartbreaker to the Green Bay Packers. Would that not just be amazing, guys? Would it not be great? That it would be the best. The that only thing that would be better if we won, like the Jets won one. Oh, I think well, that's, I mean, that's second. That's not. Even, <laughs> that's not even up for debate. That's not up for debate. My, I've already spoken with the wife. I told her if you were ever like in labor, popping a bait in the Jet games on, I'm not. You gotta you gotta pause that. <laughs> or, or at least you gotta let me finish watching the game. Just hold off, and I'll come running in for the end or something like that. Or just DVR it for me so I can get all the highlights when the jet game's over. Because I gotta, I gotta follow those jets no matter what. I hear you. I yeah. hear you. I think that's it. That's it for this week, right? We got it. We got yes. everything. Yes, that's it, right, my cool. friend. Michael, um, if anyone does want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? Guys, you already know we're on Facebook at AEBG Radio. We're on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet AEBG. Cool. You heard the man. Thank you for joining us this week, everybody. On behalf of the biggest Jeff in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the greatest tight end in the college football history, the big Wookiee, Nick Kronk, on behalf of the number one high school football coach in the nation, my cousin Samuel Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Hoping for a Jet W this week, everybody. Good night. next time. Peace out.